Hey guys, and welcome back to the Little Light Podcast. I hope you're all doing really well. Um, I am Eve Mary, and welcome to episode two. I took a little bit of a break recently from the podcast and from my YouTube channel to focus on my college work. Um, It's getting to the end of term, and it was like assessments and um, deadlines, submissions, you know, the usual. But college has finished as of today, so I'm back and I'm really excited to get working on the podcast again. So I think before we get into today's episode, it's really important to address what's going on in the world right now with the heartbreaking death of George Floyd. Racism and police brutality is real and it's scary and it's all over the world. We saw this very clearly through the murder of George Floyd last month. My friend Ariante put a post on Facebook last week and I would like to read a little bit out from her post. She said, We can bring small amounts of justice by the shares and a petition, but what will push us farther into all this is to sit down with people and be vulnerable. There's no hiding what's happening, but there's no true changing it unless we start having conversations until we start being with people. I am by no means saying that our anger is not justified because, my friend, it is. But I will say that it is easy to let anger keep us from making true change. It's easier to feel anger than it is to start working towards a solution. Finding and working within a solution is much more difficult than anger. Anger is an easy emotion. She then finishes by saying, It's time to do more than post to social media and sign a petition. These are tools, but it's not how change happens. We have to speak to one another. We have to allow people in. This isn't just an issue of the black community. It's an issue of the state of our world. There's sin and it's not going away. Chains can be broken with our generation, but we've got to come together and unite in a new way. Issues like this deserve a whole episode if not more to be honest and I am planning on releasing an episode soon all about racism and what the bible says about racism and things like that but I am I'm a white British female um I'm blessed to not understand what it's like to have someone be racist towards me I'm extremely privilege to not fear for my life because of my skin colour. In an upcoming episode, I'm going to be talking to Ariante about these issues. I am not at all qualified to be speaking about these issues on my own. Um, I have been pretty ignorant towards racism until recently, really, um, but I know how awful it is and I'm trying to learn. I also refuse to be silent. I will use the small platform that I have to make sure we start having these difficult conversations and to make real change. I know that that wasn't what you clicked on this episode to hear. Um, It's a bit more serious than weddings and marriage, but it's not something that we can just brush over lightly and pretend doesn't exist. It needed to be addressed and yeah, okay. Anyway, let's get into this week's episode. 
So a couple of weeks ago, I did a little poll on Instagram to see what your opinions would be on this week's episode. I was originally planning on chatting a little bit about mental health. Um, Mental health is something pretty close to my heart and I have struggled with anxiety for a very long time. With the current COVID-19 COVID-19 pandemic, mental health is only getting worse and worse. I know lots of people are really struggling right now mentally because of lockdown and I'm sure you're feeling it too. I'm very aware though that there is no escape from the coronavirus right now in the media so you guys may be sick of hearing about it. I know I am. So I gave the option of a wedding chat. Now 78% of you chose to chat about weddings and I agree. Weddings are a lot more fun than the coronavirus. So in this episode we're going to be talking about my fiance and how we got engaged, um, being a young bride and helpful things we have done to prepare for marriage. At the end I will also be spilling the beans on our wedding and where we are with wedding prep since everything changed because of the pandemic. So stay tuned for that. So Yoon and I got engaged in August 2019. We got engaged when we went home to visit my parents. Um, He took me out for lunch at my favourite cafe and we went on the same walk we went on on our first date in a local woodland. We sat on this bench in the woodland. Um, The bench is like our little secret spot. The area that the bench is in is quite overgrown and but it looks over a beautiful view of the sea. So we were sat on this bench and sort of thinking back on our relationship and our first date when Ewan stands up in front of me and I had no idea what he was doing. Um, I just sort of assumed he was going to do something goofy to make me laugh. But he gets down on one knee and asks me to be his wife. And of course, I said yes. The proposal itself wasn't a huge surprise. Um, As Christians, we're not dating just to have fun but we're using this as valuable time to get to know each other, knowing that we would like to get married and spend the rest of our lives together as husband and wife. Ewan and I have always been very open about the future, knowing that, God willing, we were both working together towards marriage. We both discussed marriage very early on in our relationship, but we decided we wanted to wait until we could afford it. Um, We also wanted to get to know each other a little bit more because, I mean, we barely knew each other at that point. I knew Ewan was going to propose to me at some point because he had asked my dad for his blessing and we had even booked a wedding venue. So, yeah, (laughs) that's how we got engaged. So now I think it's time to address the elephant in the room. Um, I'm getting married at a very young age. I am 19 years old and I will be 19 when I get married, providing things go ahead on our preferred date. Um, Yoon will be 20 no matter what, he turns 20 before our wedding date. A lot of people ask me how I know that getting married at such a young age is the right thing and the first and most important thing that Yoon and I both took into consideration is our faith. We trusted that God's plan is for us to get married. We did not jump into it straight away. We prayed about marriage. We prayed that it was God's plan for us to get married. 
and we prayed that if it wasn't what he wanted, to not let it happen. We read the Bible and we tried to study what the Lord was telling us, but God just kept blessing us in the time running up to our engagement. Um, he provided me with jobs so I could move to the same city as you in, and he provided us both with our first home. So, yeah. Um, we also took the time to speak to wise men and women in the church. We asked for their advice and support, and I mean, of course, for them to pray for us. I know the statistics surrounding getting married at such a young age aren't great, and how those marriages statistically crash and burn. But my response to that is that you and I are human beings created in the image of God, and God says we are not a statistic. We are people, we're loved by him, and he is in control. I know that statistics can be important in some cases, and they're very helpful for data and things like that, but I also think statistics are dehumanizing people and maybe causing the public to be detached from reality a little bit, um, especially when it comes to deaths. But anyway, that's a subject for a different podcast. <laughs> I, of course, want to marry Ewan because I love him. Um, I want to spend the rest of my life with him. I love the way that he loves Jesus and the way he loves other people. Now, I'm not just saying this because it's like on record and things like that. I genuinely do always say this about Ewan, but he just loves to love. He is by no means perfect. We're all flawed and sinful, but I can see that he's always trying to be more Christ-like and he constantly guides me back onto the path towards God. I genuinely believe that Ewan tries to love me the way Christ loves the church, as is said in Ephesians 5.25. And trust me, I don't make it easy for him. <laughs> I can be quite a madam sometimes. <laughs> I'm so happy to submit to Ewan as his wife, knowing that he will be a loving leader. Now, before you unfollow the podcast and think, submitting to men in 2020, what's that all about? Right, well, hear me out. I want to sidetrack for a second to talk about what I've recently learned about submission and leadership. Now, I have this all written down because I feel like it's kind of too hard to just wing it. Um, so if I sound like I'm reading, then I apologize. Colossians 3.18 says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is it's fitting with the Lord. The Lord calls wives to respect their husbands and allow them to lead them and their family. A wife's calling is all laid out in Proverbs 31, verses 10 to 31. Now, I'm not going to read it out right now because it's a really long passage, but if you have a Bible on hand or have the Bible app on your phone, go give it a read, unless you're driving. In that case, make a mental note and read it later. Please don't read whilst driving. <laughs> a wife of noble character is hardworking. She cares and provides for her family and those in need. She is smart with money and she is strong and wise. Most of all, she fears the Lord. A godly woman sounds like a strong woman to me, and she is everything I aspire to be. Biblically speaking, submission is neither nor... As for submission, Andy Mason makes an excellent point about this in his Colossians Bible study. 
He says, Biblically speaking, submission is neither negative nor outdated, nor disrespectful of people's rights, but the key to holiness. It's something praised by all believers in different areas, and it's ultimately practiced by Christ himself. I came across that little comment in my Colossians Bible study, and I think it just summed up biblical submission to a T. Now in my notes next to that quote, I have Ephesians 5, 22 to 24. So I'm going to look that up and read it out for you guys. Here we go. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do for the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Marriage is supposed to be a reflection of Christ and the church, and as wives, we must submit to our husbands under his loving leadership, as we submit to Christ and his loving leadership. Something I have learned very recently, actually, is that submitting doesn't mean a husband and wife aren't a team. Decisions must be made as a team, and the wife's opinion should be valued by her husband. Communication is important between a husband and wife, especially when it comes to important decisions and issues that may arise during the marriage. Unfortunately, the Bible can be manipulated and sadly that can lead to cases of domestic abuse and manipulation in marriages. Passages in the Bible about wives submitting to their husbands may be used to control women. But Colossians 3.19 says, Husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. And Ephesians 5.25 even goes far enough to say, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The Bible says that husbands must love their wives as much as Christ loves the church. So at surface level, it seems like the wife has a harder job to do. Us sinful humans do not want to submit to anything or anyone. I know I don't, like, I can be really stubborn sometimes. But when you dig deeper into the Bible and realize what it means to love someone as Christ loves the church, it's clear that husbands don't really have it easy either. A husband is to love his wife as much as God loves us, and God loves us unconditionally. God is the creator of love. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross for our sins. And in 1 John 4 verse 8 it says, God literally is love. Loving someone just as Christ loves us isn't easy, but if we know God and love him with all of our heart, God helps us to love. In 1 John 4.19 it says, We love because he first loved us. Okay, I'm sorry for that little sidetrack, but I do think it was quite important to share. In Western culture, it's unusual to get married so young nowadays. Um, I know from experience that as a young bride, people can say nasty things to you. But first of all, like your relationship with your partner is between you, your partner and God. It's none of their business. Secondly, you are not here on this earth to make other people happy. You are on this earth to live for Christ. I remember when I was 14, um, 
I was always told to read Galatians 1.10. Wait, hang on, let me look it up. So Galatians 1.10 is, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So we're engaged. Now what? Most brides ask this once their fiancé has popped the question. I mean, weddings are a lot. There's a lot of planning with venues and guest lists and, oh, it's overwhelming. But, I mean, I, I didn't know where to start. I had to get one of those lists off Pinterest and go through that. <laughs> but you and I both soon became aware that the wedding isn't the most important thing here. The wedding is one single day out of our lives, but marriage is for the rest of our lives. We both need to prepare our hearts for marriage as much as we can. And I think the engagement period is valuable time that can be used to benefit your marriage in the future. But how do you do this? How do you prepare yourself for marriage when you don't really know what marriage is all about yet? Now, I am by no means an expert in the slightest, but I do want to share some things that our church has recommended to us and tell you guys about our experience doing these things and if we found them helpful or not. So, here we go. So number one in my notes is to give your marriage to God. Be sure that the core of your relationship is Christ. So, pray to God and ask him to be the centre of your relationship. You can't make God the core of your marriage without his help. Um, reading the Bible with your fiancé has um, always been encouraging for us, but your personal relationship with God makes a huge difference in your marriage. At one of our premarital counselling sessions, which I will be telling you guys about in a wee bit, um, our minister drew a triangle and he put God at the point at the top. He explained that we were on the lines pointing towards God, the diagram showed that the closer we were to God, the closer we would be to each other. My married friends also always encourage me to study what a biblical marriage is like and to continue studying it for the rest of my life, even after when we're married. Um, there are plenty of chapters and verses in the Bible explaining marriage and sex and intimacy and relationships. Um, there's also lots of resources and Bible studies out there to guide you through learning about marriage. Um, I studied Proverbs 31 using a study guide by Mary Simpson and it's aimed towards like young teenage girls, like 13 year old girls. And as a 19 year old, I found it so helpful. Um, if you're looking for it, I think you can find it on Amazon. I've also been recommended books such as The Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler and Not Yet Married by Marshall Siegel. Just ask your church what studies and books they recommend. Um, I'm sure they know more than I do. <laughs> so number two on my notes is premarital counselling. So my church offers a premarital counselling course run by our minister and his wife. Yun and I did this course and we found it so helpful. The course was great for our relationship now as an engaged couple and I also learned so much about marriage and love stemming from Christ. 
The guide that we used during our sessions was Tying the Knot by Rob Green. Um, if you'd like more information about premarital counselling, then please feel free to DM me on Instagram. And um, I might even rope you into making an episode about it at some point. Maybe, we'll see. So number three on my notes that has helped me prepare for marriage is something that my church runs called Chords. Now, Chords is based on Ecclesiastes 4.12. Let me look it up for a second. So Ecclesiastes 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. So Chords is when we get put into a group of three people from church and those three people are there for one another to support them Um, especially in our spiritual lives. These groups are encouraged to meet up and read the Bible together, um, as well as hang out and have fun. But um, Chords isn't just designed for those getting married, but the group that I'm in personally chose to study marriage together using a book called A Wife After a God's Own Heart by Elizabeth George. Um, This book has actually been really fantastic so far, and I would highly, highly recommend it to all you ladies out there. Um, it's been amazing, actually. <laughs> Courts has been very helpful for me to grow my faith and my knowledge about a godly marriage. If you do not have anything similar to Courts at your church, um, maybe you could find a group of married or engaged men or women to hang out with and read the Bible. Or you could even hang out with a married couple with your fiancé as an example of a godly marriage. Like, you could watch them as a good example of a godly marriage. Um, I'm a visual learner, so I think that would be quite helpful for me. So the final point I have on my list here is date night. You and I take one night a week to spend time together and we make it special as we can. Now, date night does not have to be super costly. Our date nights are usually at home We both make an effort by not wearing loungewear and we cook something together. That's our usual go-to or maybe we'll get like a takeaway if we're feeling crazy. (laughs) At the moment we're kind of theming our nights around countries. So we'll have a Germany night where we'll make currywurst. Um, We recently did Italy night where we made pizza and you know, you get the gist. Of course, if like cooking is not your style, you could totally do something else with your fiance that you both enjoy. Um, I'm actually thinking of making a date night at home video when we're not in lockdown. So yeah, that would be fun. Um, on date night, we also try to make an effort to read the Bible together. So that is some of the things that you and I have personally done to prepare for marriage. As I said, I am in no way a professional. I'm just passing on some of the things that we have been recommended from our church and things that we found helpful ourselves and telling you guys about our experience with it because I think it may be helpful and I mean if you guys have done anything to prepare for marriage then please let me know. I'd love to try them out and share some of your recommendations. Now finally I'm going to be spilling the beans on the wedding. So our original wedding was quite a large one. Um, We had booked a local hotel for our our reception and our ceremony was going to be in our local church. Um, When the pandemic happened and 
the UK went into lockdown, it was very hit or miss whether the wedding was going to happen or not. Um, we didn't know if we should just cancel or be hopeful that everything will have cleared up by the end of June and things will be back to normal. After a couple of weeks or so, it was clear that our June wedding was not going to go ahead as planned. We were forced to lay out our options on the table and decide what was best for us. As of right now, um, we have no idea when the wedding will happen. We're hoping that the wedding will take place on the same date in late June, but it would have to be a marriage in the eyes of God and not by law. In the UK, you need to register to marry 29 days before the wedding and our date as of today is 19 days away so yikes <laughs> we're planning a romantic beach wedding with around five guests um our parents and you and sister kirsten if we're able to have more guests than five we will expand our guest list but right now that is not confirmed at all so we're going with our current five I'm absolutely devastated that my family won't be able to join us but we're hoping to be able to broadcast our ceremony online and we will be making visits ASAP. So that is currently our wedding plans as of right now. Um, every bride will handle this differently. I know people who have postponed their wedding and people who have chosen to elope and I mean my friends even got married over Zoom which I thought was really sweet. If you are currently planning a wedding during this stressful time, then my heart goes out to you. I know how stressful it is, but I promise you that your wedding is going to be amazing no matter what you choose to do. I promise. So I think that's it for this week's episode. Um, I'm going to pray and then wrap things up. And yeah, dear Lord and Heavenly Father, um, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins and that you love us lord i thank you for the podcast i thank you for giving me the opportunity to make a podcast and i thank you for all those who listen um i pray for them lord i pray that you will let them allow them to know you lord i pray that you will allow them to come to know you and trust in you and have undying faith in you lord I pray for everything going on with the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment. Um, I pray for all of the victims, um, all of the people who have been a victim of racism, um, to all the people who have been hurt at the protests, Lord, please keep them safe. Please help us end racism and end police brutality, Lord. Please help us and just, Lord, it's, it's painful, please, Lord, help end this horrific time. Lord, I pray for the COVID-19 crisis at the moment. Um, I am thankful that in the UK it is starting to die down and we are able to move into phase one, Lord. Um, I pray that all those who are currently infected with the virus will be feeling a lot better soon I pray that they will be okay um I pray that they will survive but I'm also praying for all of those countries that are at their peak right now and are really struggling with those who are sick from this horrible virus lord 
Please help us find a cure. I pray for the scientists that you will help them find a cure, Lord. Provide us with a way out of this. Just please, Lord, I pray for the world right now. Um, Lord, um, thank you so much for everything you have done for us. Um, from the good things and that we have in our lives personally to just the good things in the world like trees and clouds and rain and sunshine Lord I thank you for that I thank you that we have roofs over our heads and that we have food on our plates Lord um, thank you Lord for everything you have done and I ask this all in Jesus' name Amen so there we have it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Um, I would like to say a big thank you for my dad um, who made the wee jingle at the start. I really hope you guys liked it. And um, I will also be linking some petitions and fundraisers, fundraisers um, in the little description box. Is that what it's called on podcasts? I don't know. I'm so new to this. Remember to check out my Instagram at Little Light Podcast. I'm taking prayer requests over there and um, episode ideas. I hope you guys continue to stay safe and stay home as much as you can, um, even if lockdown is over right now and we're in phase one. But, you know, still please abide by the law, abide by the rules. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And I will see you next time. Bye.